Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this midweek installment of Answering a Fool, as Pastor Tim answers a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. In these shorter episodes, Pastor Tim answers objections from internet trolls in an effort to help them go home and rethink their lives. Troll hunting is hard work, but hey, someone's got to do it. Now, without further ado... Here's Pastor Tim. One of our primary purposes for doing this podcast was we wanted to provide a helpful resource for people who actually have sincere questions about the Bible, whether that's a believer or it's an unbeliever. We wanted to provide a resource online that was interacting with questions, particularly questions that, as we said in our uh, main podcast, that people are too afraid to ask or that they're not allowed to ask. Uh, but then that can extend to any kinds of questions that an individual might have. Now, you know that when you put anything out on the Internet, that there are a uh, never-ending list of trolls who are going to respond to what you have put out. Um, particularly if it's a religious podcast, you know that you're going to get any number of atheist trolls that will uh, respond, as trolls do. And uh, received Internet wisdom has always been that you... You know, you don't feed the trolls lest they keep on coming back for more. But one of the things that we wanted to do with the podcast was to provide a resource that's going to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to help people to uh, know how to answer objections, even if they come in a way that is somewhat uh, sarcastic or distasteful in certain ways. And and so uh, we wanted to use this podcast as a of a means of uh, answering you know, these common questions, whether they're related to the Bible or religion in general. And uh, one of the things the Bible says is that a fool says in his heart that there is no God, and uh, the Bible gives us some sort of instruction on how to answer fools. So when you go to Proverbs 26, 4, it says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself, uh, but then answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And, and, and what you have there in the language of wisdom is that there is a type of person who can get... Uh, drug down into the mud answering foolish objections and the end result is that you appear to be foolish yourself if that's what's characteristic of you and yet at the same time 
uh, there is a moral imperative to seek to answer uh, questions even when they're in uh, when they're given or objections even when they're given in a foolish sort of way and and uh, we want to be the kind of people who are always ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us and so in so doing one of the things that we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to have a section that's going to be uh, titled answer a full section uh, and then we'll also have general sincere questions uh, sections that will also be included in this podcast as well so uh, one of the things that we're going to do with our weekly content is uh, we're going to have primarily probably one each week, probably probably one um, question that we're going to hot button kind of question that we're going to interact with. But then we hope to have shorter uh, questions devoted to particular questions, whether they're coming from trolls or online Internet trolls or um, whether they're sincere questions. And so if you do have a question, feel free to send it out. And if you if you don't want to be included in our answer a full section, then a pro tip would be just to, to let us know that it's a sincere, sincere question and maybe actually be persuasive as far as that goes in, in uh, the way that you're presenting it, present it, um, to present it as a sincere question. But uh, uh, for all of our internet trolls out there that we have already and that we are soon to acquire, uh, we... We hope that you feel the warm affection that is flowing from us as we uh, seek to spend our time answering your questions as far as that goes. But uh, the first uh, question that we're going to be asking today is uh, coming from a troll. So this will be an answer full section. And here's the question. Uh, I will uh, withhold the name just for the sake of protecting guilty. Uh, Now, here's the question. Maybe you haven't noticed this, but the Bible and the Quran and every other sacred text in the religions that have them were written by people who claim God spoke to them directly. Uh, Thomas Paine in The Age of Reason pointed out the rather obvious fact that if God did reveal something to one particular individual, it was revelation to that one person only. It's hearsay to everyone else, and we're not under any obligation to believe it. So this was a post that was, or this is a comment that was posted below our um, question, should those who claim God speaks to them directly be considered false prophets? Uh, the um, the atheist or agnostic uh, individual in question wanted to uh, let us know that um, that you know in case we haven't noticed this before in the course of our life that uh, it seems to to this individual that every single religion uh, the the comment says every other sacred text in the religions that have them were written by people who claim that God spoke to them directly now um, this is uh, you know this is a remarkable insight that this individual has I. I Ah, man, I'm, I'm floored by it. I, I don't know that I've ever considered that before, that there are other religions that exist that um, believe that God spoke to them as well. So that's a rather remarkable thing. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should go home and rethink everything that I've ever thought about the Bible uh, because that's new information. But, um, you know, sadly, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess uh, what I thought was the case was that there were some religions that made uh, appeals to uh, direct divine authority uh, in terms of their sacred text, and and there there were others that didn't, like Buddhism, for instance, or Satanism. Uh, I know that Anton LaVey was a materialistic uh, uh, hedonist, essentially, who didn't believe in the supernatural at all, and in his... uh, religious text the satanic bible was making no claim to direct uh, divine authority at all but uh, apparently uh, our 
Troll wants us to know that every single religion is making a claim to divine authority. So I guess that's news to me. But um, it, on to more uh, substantial issues, he, he, uh, the individual points out essentially uh, – the point of the comment is essentially to say, hey, we're, we're doing a podcast. Should those who claim God speaks to them directly be considered false prophets? So we're criticizing um, – um, a type of individual who is making a uh, claim to direct divine authority today, but he's he's essentially dismissing the whole enterprise in general, saying that that every individual who is making a claim to direct divine authority is somehow uh, deluded and uh, deceived. And then he's appealing to Thomas Paine in the Age of Reason to uh, point out the fact that um, this is a rather rather obvious fact that if God revealed something to one particular individual, it was revelation to that person only. So supposing that did happen, um, it, and he did talk to one person, well, it's only revelation to that uh, person. To everyone else, it's just hearsay because they weren't given access to that. And then no one's under any obligation to believe it, essentially, particularly if it's secondhand. And uh, essentially, uh, the, this objection is... is um, Basically, making a moral claim, uh, it's making a moral claim to say that it's uh, fundamentally, uh, essentially, if I, if I try to put it in the best possible light, it's, it's immoral to hold someone accountable to uh, a, a per- particular law or prescription that they have not uh, themselves personally been given. So, assuming, so basically the, the argument goes that, you know, assume for the sake of argument, and this person, you know, Thomas Paine and this person do not believe that uh, God exists. Uh, I, I assume, I assume they're agnostic as far as that goes, but uh, but assume for the sake of argument that, that God himself did reveal something to someone. Then, you know, it, it, and it, you know, assuming that he has the authority to do so, assume all that for the sake of argument. Then that would be only morally binding on that person to everyone else's hearsay. And so the the, the question, the, the the objection there is to say that it's immoral essentially for a deity to um, give re, give revelation. If if that deity did exist, it, is, it would be immoral for that re, uh, deity to give revelation to one individual and expect other people who did not receive it directly to hear it. Now this is, um, uh, I suppose, it's an interesting sort of objection in general, and the Bible does have a lot to say about this kind of uh, objection. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things that we could say about it, and I'll, I'll limit myself to a couple observations. One of the things that we would say is that Romans 1.18 uh, tells us this, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Uh, so part of a biblical worldview is to acknowledge that there is a creator God who has made us. He has made us in his image, and he's written his moral law on his heart. And, um, and, and one of the reasons why this God is able to hold mankind accountable for their actions, despite the fact that he has not personally spoken to anyone in a verbal and auditory way, uh, is due to the fact that there is a revelation of this God that is in nature uh, that is uh, sufficient to condemn them. And so uh, the creation itself, the Bible tells us, declares the glory of God. If you look around at the creation, one of the things you say is that there's strong evidence of uh, of a designer within the creation itself. Um, So 
uh, in terms of just uh, the way this kind of argument works, if you were to imagine yourself walking on a beach somewhere and you were to see a watch that was laying in the sand, uh, you look down at that watch, one of the things that you would notice instantaneously is that there must be, you would draw certain assumptions on the basis of that. And one of the assumptions that you draw is that, that this thing looks designed, this watch, it looks designed. Uh, you, you wouldn't conclude uh, uh, by looking at that watch that this is obviously the result of blind, random chance. One of the things you would say is that this uh, this watch, it appears to be designed. It, it looks to be uniquely um, uh, designed. And so, uh, and, and the only way that that can come about would be that there's some sort of intelligence that's behind it. Okay. So, um the, the same thing would happen in normal ways. I, I I was looking at YouTube, and for whatever reason, it was showing me some uh, videos of individuals who made log cabins. So one of, I, I watched one of these videos of this guy making spending a year making some log cabin in the middle of the woods, and then it was showing me other suggestions of a of a video of a man who basically made a uh, small uh, apartment out of a cave in a mountain. And one of the things that you realize instantaneously is that if you were to ever stumble upon one of these little log cabins or this cave in the, this uh, apartment cave in the mountain uh, in China or whatever, you would know, you, you would say, oh, someone made this. This this wasn't the, the result of random blind chance. And you know that just because it, of how complex it actually is. So you look at it and you see the evidence of something that is exceedingly complex. It doesn't bear... Um, it doesn't bear the evidence of blind random chance. It, it's way too complex to just have happened, right? So uh, you think about the log cabin in the middle of the woods kind of thing. It, you have uh, trees that are cut down and um, cut down in a uniform kind of way. There's cement that's put in between the uh, tree branches. There's a roof that has nails in it and everything. This is not the kind of thing that results from blind, uh, blind and random chance. And when you look around the world, uh, you... If you know anything about the world, and as science uh, increases our knowledge of how uh, complex the world actually is, one of the things that you realize is that nature doesn't tend towards order, but it tends towards disorder. Um, and you look around the world, and, and it bears strong evidence of design. It, it is complex. And not only is it complex, it's irreducibly complex. And what that means is that in order for something to be irreducibly complex, it is um, so complex to the point where... Uh, you can't take any part away from it and it uh, still function uh, as uh, the thing that it's designed to function as. And so think about a mouse cl- a mouse trap. A mouse trap is irreducibly complex, meaning, you know, in order to have a mouse trap, you need kind of a board uh, and then you need a spring and then you need a um, bar or a lever and then you need some sort of pressure plate. And every single part on this mouse trap has to come together. Uh, and if you take away each part, Particularly any of the parts, it's no longer going to function as mousetrap. is irreducibly complex, and this is one of the great lies of evolution: is that you can just you know randomly have you know certain survival mutations that are uh, adapting upon an existing framework, and you go from something very simple to something very complex. But the problem is that the world, as we see it, is irreducibly complex. That's the point. So, getting back to the question. Uh, the morality of God revealing uh, Himself to a particular person. 
uh, and that would be in hearsay to every everyone else. It, it, the 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 objection there is to say that if God does exist and He does you know reveal Himself, then He must you know reveal Himself personally to each individual person in some sort of audible or verbal way. Everything that he has to say, or else uh, that objection is somehow immoral. Because how can you hold someone accountable to something that you, you know that you haven't been told? Well, the Bible tells us that God has revealed Himself in nature, and the revelation of Himself in nature is a revelation that's sufficient to condemn. And one of the reasons why it's sufficient to condemn is because the world obviously bears uh, the distinct marks of being designed. Uh, we live in a world that. Um, that can't possibly have uh, just slowly evolved uh, in terms of uh, on the basis of blind random chance. The more we actually learn about science, the more we realize how uh, impossible that is. I mean, the, the world is uh, far complexer. You know, when you think about uh, just something like the genetic code, it's far, far, far more complex than uh, something like Shakespeare is. But you, you give a monkey a typewriter and give him ten thousand years of uh, of uh, 10,000 years, millions of years of banging away at that uh, typewriter, and he's never going to be able to produce Shakespeare. It's just not going to happen because it's designed. And you look around the world and you see that there's evidence of design. And anyone who denies that, the Bible would say, would be a fool. The fool says in his heart, there is no God, because there has to be some sort of intelligence that produces the, the intelligence that we see on the level that we See it, but but um, so that, that's one's one response you could have to that sort of question. But then another response that you might have is to say that you know if the world um, is just the result of blind and uh, random chance, as our atheist or agnostic commentator assumedly believes, where do you get all the moral indignation, anyways? Uh, you know, if 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 an individual wants to believe that there's a God who made us and that God who's who exists and has moral uh, standards for individual that he's chosen to reveal and he's chosen to reveal in the way that he wanted to reveal in a way that he thought was wise and sufficient and um, that, to hold them morally accountable. Who are you to say uh, that that morality even exists? And so the, the idea of morality doesn't make sense in an evolutionary materialistic worldview, anyways. Uh, there's no way to go from what is to what uh, ought to be uh, as far as that goes in the move that you're trying to make. And so where, where does the moral outrage come from? Um, in, in, you know, in a blind evolutionary uh, system, morality doesn't even exist anyways. And so, uh, so the idea that somehow that uh, this God that you disbelieve in would be doing something fundamentally immoral by giving a revelation to prophets and then holding the whole entire human race accountable to that um, second-hand information, so to speak, as you would say, um, that's you know that's uh, where, where do you get the moral indignation to say that that's wrong? Anyways, right and wrong don't exist in a evolutionary framework. There, you know, if there is no lawgiver, there is no such thing as right and wrong. It's just ultimately about might makes right, isn't it? Now to answer the first uh, part of this. Uh, commenter's question in more of a serious way. Uh, the commenter noted that uh, something that he didn't think we noticed, but <laughs> that the Bible and the Quran and every other sacred text and the religions that have them were written by people who claim God spoke to them directly. And it seems like the the objection there is the kind of objection to say that, hey, well, how do you know that Christianity is true? You know, every single religion, and not every one of them, but uh, I. You know, I take the point that the majority of religions are making some sort of uh, 
appeal to divine authority as far as that goes. And so because every single one of them are making these claims to divine authority, what makes you think that Christianity is uniquely uh, true? Uh, Because these religions don't happen to all be saying the same thing. Uh, Now, uh, I mean, many many times you talk with people about religion and they're saying, hey, you know, all roads lead to the same place and they're all basically saying the same kind of thing. But then this kind of comment, uh, to its credit, does realize that there are fundamental differences and then those differences do matter. So if you pick the wrong religion, then, uh, you know, you might end up in hell, as the Bible describes. Um, But then, you know, is the the, the assumption there is, well, isn't it kind of immoral for God um, if, if he did exist? to uh, claim that only one of these particular religions is true. And then essentially uh, the problem there is just to say that, you know, people, there, there are certain assumptions that make this make sense. And so if the assumptions being that man is basically good and that man would want to follow God, if God would just reveal himself clearly, but then the problem is that there's all these paths that are presented and then, you know, which path you pick is largely related to your upbringing. And so sociological studies could be appealed to at that point that basically uh, just, you know, say that, hey, if you're born in America in the 21st century, you're most likely to be Christian. You can be born in a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And that would change um, what you perceive to be true. And so the fact that, you know, everyone, you know, there's all these competing religions out there, who's to say which one is right? And which one is wrong and isn't it largely based on your social location and isn't it kind of immoral for God to essentially hold people accountable to one particular path that he didn't reveal to them directly but that he revealed uh, through some sort of secondary means when there's so many things out there and and, and the problem with this is just um, I mean there's several problems with this and I'll limit myself to a few comments but uh, I'm sure that if if you have a phone that functions, you get plenty of spam calls all day long. And one of the things that's amazing about all the spam calls that you get is that, uh, the, I mean, there are people who straight up lie to you. And, and uh, you know, the, I would say that uh, many, many, if not most of the calls I receive on my phone are from people who are lying to me trying to steal my money. And so it's it doesn't follow from that logically to assume that there's no such thing as a, a true caller, okay? Uh, the fact that there are counterfeits out there, that there are fakes out there, that there are scammers out there does not in any way um, undermine the reality that there are actually people who I know who call me and who are trustworthy and who are reliable. The only way to determine is this a scammer or is this true is to evaluate it on a case-by-case basis. And so every every single religion needs to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis on the basis of the merits that are presented to see if uh, uh, if there is evidence to, that would indicate that, that this religion is truthful. And if you do that with Christianity, it uh, far surpasses any kind of evidence for the truthfulness or veracity of any other religion. So uh, just to dismiss uh, Christianity wholesale by the presence of you know other religions is uh, fundamentally uh, ignorant and naive. Uh, but then you know there there are other sep- uh, assumptions there that are present in that kind of uh, uh, question that could be responded to as well. Uh, and one of those is the assumption that man's basically good and wants to do the right thing. And I think if you uh, look at the history of the world, you don't see that man is basically good. You look around the history of the world, you see that man is fundamentally flawed and he's immoral. And uh, the Bible tells us that no one seeks after God. Uh, 
uh, apart from God's grace and apart from God's help, no one will come to God uh, uh, because man is fundamentally flawed and man is fundamentally uh, sinful. Man is condemned, as the Bible tells us, because he suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. He takes what's been made plain to him and he suppresses it. And, and, and the reason why he does that is because uh, there's moral issues that are at stake. Uh, I was in high school, I had a friend who was a German uh, atheist, and one of the things that he told me was that he didn't want to become a Christian because then he would have to give up his fornication, and that's not something that he wanted to do. Uh, essentially, the Bible is making moral claims that he uh, uh, that uh, was restricting the freedom that he wanted, and he refused to submit himself to the demands that God has given. And so, when you think about the you know the nature of religion. Um, in general, uh, you, you know, you, you're not starting out with, a, you know, innocent people who are good. In fact, what you see and what can be empirically verified as you look around the world is that man is fundamentally immoral and flawed uh, and evil. And, uh, you know, he needs a savior that's going to help him overcome that fundamental uh, moral problem. And, and he has an inborn hostility to the truth that's based on uh the moral condition that he has. And so these aren't just intellectual discussions as far as that goes. This has been another installment of Answering a Fool with Bible Bashed. As always, if you would like to be included in one of our Answering a Fool episodes, feel free to respond to us on our Facebook, Twitter, or Gab posts with a disrespectful, sarcastic, often off-topic comment that shows you did not thoughtfully engage with anything we have actually said and we'll do our best to include an answer to your trolling comment. Keep in mind, the days are short, and trolls are in abundant supply. But we will do our best. Mm-hmm.